0: I'm trying. <laughs> Stand up, Donovan. Yes, Don't worry about what you're going to say. Because God's going to tell you. Stand up. Everybody stretch out your hand towards him. He's uh, going to get to share his story uh in prison saturday night over at B- by a door we where warden lewis is the warden and uh donovan's been there and done that and he's there to show them and testify to them that god can change your life so so let's pray for him right now father i thank you for the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. You not only save, you keep and you satisfied. And your word tells us to take no thought what you shall say. For in the very hour you have need, the Holy Spirit will quicken unto you what you're to say. And God, I pray your anointing would be upon Donovan. That as he goes into that prison. Hundreds of lives would hear the gospel of how you've changed him inside and out. And how even though he was once incarcerated, he was a free man inside. But God, today he's there to represent you and to testify to those that are bound. that Lord, that they can be free. God, I thank you for what you're doing in him and through him. And I pray that you're going to use him in a mighty way. We expect a great testimony to come from his trip over there in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh. P.S. Lord, let him out, let him out when he wants out. <laughs> Turn in your Bibles if you would to Mark chapter 10. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. But I want to tell you something, there's, there's things that go along with that. The definition of insanity is what? Amen. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And I want to tell you that I know by life's experiences in my own life, as well as the Spirit of the Lord revealing to me this afternoon after lunch, what I was to share tonight, there are some of you in this place tonight, you keep making the same mistake, over and over and over again at the same place and you're wanting to blame everybody but yourself. And I want you to recognize something. That nobody's in charge of your life but you. That's right, that's right. Let's read Mark 10, verse 46. Very simple passage of Scripture. I actually read this passage of Scripture, I don't know, year and a half, year and a half ago or so here at this place, but God quickened it to me today. 1046. Now Jesus had, in the previous verses had just got through explaining to his disciples the importance of the, and the greatness of servanthood. He was trying to teach his disciples to be servants. Then we pick up in verse 46 where it says, Now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sit by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and he said unto him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I might receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus. Don't miss that part. And he followed Jesus on the road. Representative of the road, not only the physical road of that time, but representative of the road and the journey that we're on. I want to talk to you for just a few moments tonight about how to break out of a rut. I shared with the men Tuesday night over at Men of Courage, and by the way, we had a great time of food and fellowship, and I don't know, somewhere between 35 and 50 men possibly came to the altars and just moved in people's lives. And I'm so thankful for that. And uh, this past Saturday here at the boxing matches, we had three people get saved and uh, had a big time knockout. Uh, (laughs) We knocked out the devil too, you're right. But anyway, I was sharing with them how a, a, a rut or a ditch is nothing but a grave with the ends kicked out of it. You're living in that rut, making repetitive sins, mistakes, failures, over and over and over and over again. Don't feel alone. The Apostle Paul penned those words in Romans. He says, those things that I don't want to do are the things I find myself doing. The things that I don't want to do, I I mean, that's what I do. And then the things I do want to do, I do not. Oh, wretched man, that I am. My spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. How many of you really know what the word wretched means? Look it up. It means, and so this is what Paul was saying. It means miserable, contemptible, poor in quality. Those are words that Paul is saying. So he understands and he put pen to paper that is descriptive of your life and my life as we live. How many of you have ever experienced that, the things that you do do want to do, you don't do? I was going to see if you had your hand up. I better move on. It's been said that the average adult makes 2,500 decisions a day, and I assure you, not most of, most of them are not good ones. It actually begins the night before we go to bed when we decide what time we're going to get up and set the alarm clock. I wish I had that problem. There's an internal clock that goes off somewhere between three and 3:15 every morning. But anyway, then we decide, you know what we're going to watch on TV, what clothes we're going to wear, what we're going to do this, and da 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 da. And probably 2,000 of those decisions by some of you are which channel. <laughs> but if you'll be honest with yourself and I'm not going to be long tonight you find yourself in a rut. You find yourself just being that creature of habit. You find yourself. Making the same stupid decision over and over and over. And I'm not being hard in that. How do you know that? I've done it for years. Learned from some of them. Still learning from some of them. We help people that need some community service from time to time for DUIs, etc., etc. And it's the same mistakes being made over and over. And over and over. And who made them? I did. You did. But unfortunately in this generation and society that we're living in, it's the blame game. We're always pointing at anything and everything but myself. And that's got to stop. So from this passage of scripture that we just read, the first point I'd like to make is in verse 47 where he assumed Responsibility for his own life when he for it says, when he heard that it was Jesus, he began to cry out. You'll never change until you accept responsibility for your own life, whether it's losing weight or getting your relationship in your marriage better, whether it's uh, business decisions, whether it's being better control of your finances. The list goes, it's endless. But you've got to first assume responsibility for yourself. Thank you. Secondly, in verse 51, we see where he had clarified what he really needed. Because when Jesus asked him, what is it that you want? He says, "That I can see that I might receive my sight. What is it that you need in your life? What is it that is that perpetual stumbling block in your life? What is it that keeps reappearing? I've said it before and I mean it with all of my heart. God has never intended for his children to be the devil's punching bag. He's called us, equipped us, armed us, if we'll receive it, to be the victors and not the victims. To overcome and not be overcome. So why aren't we? Bad choices. Yielding to the flesh. Not putting the word of God in our life. See the scripture says this. I have hid thy word in my heart. That I might not sin against you. Have you ever stopped to think that maybe you're not armed? Armed. Properly to fight the fight that you need to be fighting that you don't have you have not made uh, arrangements for the weaponry that's available to you we recognize I think it was last week I was preaching about how Jesus in the wilderness every time the devil tempted him and came to him to try to get him to mess up what did he do? he quoted the word we're made overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony which is the word of God The Word is the sword of the Spirit. Faith in that Word is the breastplate that quenches all the darts of the enemy. So you've got to get the Word of God in you. Out here on Thursday night or wherever you go on Sundays or Wednesdays or whatever is great and I'm glad you do. But that is not enough. You've got to partake of daily bread. Whether it's in the form of a devotional or a, a thorough Bible study. By the way, they started the women's Bible study Tuesday night and I've heard nothing but great reports and it's not too late for you ladies that weren't there to, to come on. They uh, have basically an introduction this past week. We've got workbooks for you. You come on out this Tuesday and that's uh, six o'clock, and I know you'll thoroughly be blessed. Thirdly, we see in verse 51 that you've got to then be, believe that you can change. Because after the Lord asked him what he wanted, he said that I might receive my sight. You've got to begin to believe that today might be my day for my miracle. You've got to begin to believe that the Lord is still able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. You've got to begin to believe, expect, anticipate the inevitable move of God in your life. You've got to begin to expect it. And if we did a, an honest graph, probably most people in this life have this mentality. Oh, I know God can, but they don't, you don't think that he will. And we've got to change that to like those three Hebrew children. You remember when King asked them, says, who is that God that can deliver you from my hands? They said, we're not afraid to answer you on this matter. For our God can and our God will. But even if he don't, we're not going to bow. We've got to get to that place that we have such confidence and assurance and expectation of God moving in our situation and in our lives. And showing up and showing out and doing what only he can do. We've got to begin to have that expectation about that. And set the scene. Create the atmosphere where God can say, whoo, I'm going to do this. Y'all get back. Watch out. Next, we see in verse 48, you got to stop worrying about what other people are saying. Because remember, they were telling him, Shut up, man, you better shut up. He's saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Shh, hold it back, man. Don't interrupt. And he cried the more. He cried the more. Stop worrying about what people will have to say. Next, we see in verse 46. You've got to stop waiting for ideal circumstances. Remember this. He's blind. And there's a great number of people that are, have been, been enthroning Jesus. That commotion, that noise as the crowd went by is really what got his attention. He's like, "Hey, what's going on? It says that when he heard that it was Jesus... That was passing by. That tells me he'd been hearing about this Jesus. He'd probably been hearing about the miracles that were transpiring and taking place with him. Of the blind eyes being opened and the dead being called forth. And the fishes multiplied. And just miracle after miracle after miracle. He'd been hearing about it. Much like possibly you've been hearing about this same Jesus. But you never cried out to him. But that day. Blind Bartimaeus believed that this could be my day. Jesus! Stop waiting for the ideal circumstances. Verse 50, he did something bold. He got up and he cast away his garment. Sometimes, if you're going to quit that habit, you just got to lay it down. And declare and purpose within your heart and within your mind that with God's help, I'm done. It's not always going to be easy. Sometimes God supernaturally goes, let me have that. Then other times he says, if you'll fight the fight, I'll be right there with you. I'll empower you. I'll help you overcome this or that or whatever it is. But you've got to do something bold. You've got to do something dramatic. And lastly in verse 50, he came to Jesus. One of the devil's favorite tactics is the word procrastinate. He always is trying to get us to put off to some other time. Something that we need to do now. Whether it's salvation or going to someone to make a wrong right. Whether it's to ask someone's forgiveness for a situation, even possibly when it wasn't your fault but I assure you something there's nothing like a spirit filled Christian hearing the spirit of God speak to them to direct their steps to go do what his word says to do because it will always end positively so I want to challenge you regardless of what that thing is it's been tripping you up, knocking you down, causing you to get frustrated with yourself and life, feeling like things are futile regardless of what's going on there. I want you to know if you'll follow the steps of blind Bartimaeus. Jesus is in the house. He's passing by. And we've got to remember he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I love to talk about that. Because so many people mistakenly just think he's this cosmic existence that's out there that's unapproachable and it's contrary to the word he says we're two or more gathered together in my name I'm right there in your midst he's closer than the breath we li- uh, breathe the spirit of the living God that dwells within us will do a work if we'll but allow him to One of the favorite scriptures that I have that I lean on all of the time because there's so much stuff that I don't understand. There's so much stuff that I don't have the answers to. And we know scripture says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. And I'm trying to learn how to do that, but this is one that has really become real to me. And it says this, let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Your enemies are his enemies. The tools that the devil's trying to use to pull you down and the ambushments that he sets for you, the fiery darts that he's throwing your way, those are God's enemies. And if we'll just let God, don't miss that word, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Would you bow your heads? Maybe you're in this place tonight.